What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. Welcome, everyone, to Who Pods a Watchman. I'm Grant. I'm Clay. And we are your companion podcast for the Watchmen HBO miniseries. We are talking about episode eight today. This is the penultimate episode. This is the big dog. That we it think, is. Clay. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember a few weeks ago whenever we were asking if we would see Dr. Manhattan? Yeah. Huh. I mean, we kind of assumed based on, like, you know, the one hand grabbing the mask in the trailer. Could have right? been, been a teaser. It could have been, like, them screwing with us, but yeah. they didn't. They did not. They delivered. <laughs> yeah, that's been answered. <laughs> yeah. Um, folks, we want to say uh, welcome. If you guys are checking us out live on YouTube, thank you guys. Uh, if you guys are on the chat, you are welcome to go ahead and toss us questions. But what happened last week was uh, we got a, a big influx of people more than we kind of anticipated. So if you do want to ask us a question, we do ask that you please go ahead and write in all caps, like comment or all caps question before whatever you post so that I can just kind of like sift through all the rest of the comments, people talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Make it a little bit easier. Yeah. And if you guys are listening to us on the podcast, thank you guys for checking it out. Please subscribe. And uh, if you want to help us out, a great way to do that is to go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating, write a little review. Some people, there's been people out there who give us a four-star rating, Clay. Good Lord. Why? Out of ten stars? No, out of, <laughs> out of five but they I, – I feel like people think it's the same thing as like an Amazon review. Like their opinion like really like it, it's going to weigh the scales of the, the market or right. some shit. No, you're just kind of fucking over like little little podcasts like ours. It Just don't be a dick. Give us five stars. If you want to put your criticism in there, fine. But give it the five stars. Yeah, but a four out of five is an 80. Like – I'm pretty happy with the B minus. I think it's a dick move. I'm happy with the B minus in my life right now. Also, by the way, you know, if you don't stop the cataloging it, just question or comment. Feel free to say, you know, mispronunciation, wrong, jerk, whatever. We'll take it all. Just help us out. That's completely fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Folks, we are going to be talking about episode eight, like I said. Uh, Oh, one other thing. Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Watchmen. It's the other place you guys can help us out. If you have already given that five-star review, you want more enriched content out of your life. Uh, we love doing extra mini episodes. We'll post additional content throughout the week, both uh, to the public as well as uh, exclusive content for our patrons. So if you go to Patreon.com slash Watchmen, there you can make a per-month pledge. Give us two bucks a month, five bucks a month. Not really asking a whole lot. It's it's everyone chipping in. That's cumulative. That's kind, how that works. Kind of weird to ask him for that, though, whenever there's only one more episode. There is one more episode. Yeah. But is this the end? Good. Nothing ever ends. Nothing ever ends. Fuck yes, Clay. Wow. Nothing ever ends. And that's right. We won't end either. We're going to keep potting about the Watchmen. We're going to just talk about the episodes as Prob- if we're going to write our own new episodes. Probably also move on to um, Transformers and then the Karate Kids um maybe the you know i don't know ninja turtles there's a whole world out there yeah of of 80s references <laughs> yeah. 80s updates i was actually thinking of the more recent transformers oh no yeah <laughs> i don't think i want to do that i'm kidding yeah no we're definitely going to do something and it's going to be fun so please follow along and anyway let's get to this episode because it was a humdinger let's get to this episode this was episode eight called a god walks into a bar and it it's notable that it was initially called a bar two words 
And after last week's episode, they updated it. And that was Abar, like the last name, Angela Abar. Abar. And this is directed by Nicole Cassell, who did the first episode, the pilot episode. Written by Jeff Jensen and Damon Lindelof. Jeff Jensen was Doc Jensen for years writing on Entertainment Weekly. He wrote, like, all these articles about, like, reviewing TV. It was, like, one of my go-to places for Lost. I would go there and he would, like, write all these good, great, crazy theories and stuff. And I guess he made buddies with Lindelof doing that. Because then he worked on Tomorrowland with him a little bit, and now he's uh, doing this. So there's a chance for you. There's a chance for us. We can make it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's going to watch this podcast and be like, those two. Yeah. Pluck them. Bring them on over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dream. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and jump into talking about this episode. This The premise was Angela's mysterious past in Vietnam is at last revealed. And that's all they really say. Yeah, that's all they have to say. So without further ado, hot takes. Hot takes. What you got, buddy? You know, I just loved it. Like, I absolutely loved it. I think it's the episode that we've been hoping for for a few weeks. And I don't want to say it, it's, it came you know, too late or anything, but, uh, it was awesome. I mean, it was fantastic. It was great to see Saigon again. I think that was so much fun to see. Uh, was it last week? I guess. Yeah. Right. And it was kind of fun to see the evolution of that. We all wondered how she met Dr. Manhattan. Right. And, uh, it just turns out that it was kind of a, you know, something that happened at a bar, kind of like a regular dating scenario for a lot of people in undergrad or something. Right. I mean, it was kind of wild. It was a meet cute. Definitely. But I mean, it wasn't like, you know, you think, okay, superhero, maybe he, like, she, she, I mean, at the very least, maybe he picked, he helped her, like, she had a flat tire on the side of the road. You mm. know what I mean? But no, she's just sitting there having a beer alone. You know those, um, those sleazy, uh, dating cheat code things that, that some guys do? Oh, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Know, know how to, like, say all the right words to smooth a woman. Negging. Yeah, and get her into bed. And... I feel like Dr. Manhattan was, like, the ultimate expert on that. He was For like, sure. I know your future, so I know I'm going to be able to get you into to bed. But, I mean, it only works if it works. <laughs> yeah, but. Otherwise, you're a jerk. If you say, like, well, this isn't, you know. He's got just. This isn't your favorite song yet, but it will be. Such a cheat. There's guy. a lot of trust involved in that. Is it smooth or does he is he completely charmless because he's just operating off of what he already knows? Speaking of that, wasn't it wild to see how Cal – I mean, I'm, I don't know the actor's name. I apologize. How he changed his mannerisms and everything to just – I mean, it was awesome. It was cool seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my hot take, I thought this was a lot of fun. It definitely plays off of issue four of the comic book, which is all out of time sequence as as John Osterman, Dr. Manhattan, is reflecting on his life and bouncing backwards and forwards through time as he's experiencing things all simultaneously. I think this conveyed a lot of that same point and the same really intricate and curious and intriguing kind of storytelling that you want from that while offering something new that really started threading a lot of the pieces and mysteries together. It was great. Like we, we know quite a bit more, I I think about um, what the end game is or the machinations that led up to this. I think we had a lot of questions before and like, Oh, okay. Yeah, and thinking back to the uh, to the comic book, in the episode today, did it kind of convey that all-time, all-at-once thing for you better watching it on TV? I mean, it did for me. Yeah, I think that how they're able to juxtapose uh, things simultaneously, Yeah, it really worked. The TV and, medium is just a lot easier to do that. You know, it's so funny because we did the discussion on the movie, 
And I had watched the ultimate cut of that movie, um, mm-hmm. Zack Snyder's movie. And what he did was he's it's a very faithful uh, adaptation of a lot of the the scenes from the the book, but they he introduced this animation sequence for Black Freighter in the ultimate cut, and that completely doesn't work in that movie because when having something so starkly different in in medium like the the comic book sequence was and the animation it's. It, you, you're not overlapping scenes. You're not getting that juxtaposition of how the comic is relating to the real world and the real yeah. world's relating to the comic story. And this this episode here was able to achieve what the comic does a lot. And, and like you're saying, maybe even more so in how it kind of plays with that, that back and forth with those scenes. Yeah. Of how time works. Yeah. I it thought was, it was really well done. I did too. It was a lot of fun. It felt organic. Um, every scene lasted for as long as it should have. And I loved it. I mean, you never felt lost. I think in a, sometimes in this in this show we felt lost, and there's you know that's kind of by by design, right? I I found myself at times a little bit like jumping the gun because I think um, Doctor Manhattan would drop some clues here or there, yeah, that, about like future events, and I'm like, wait, are they going to address that? What was that? What was that thing? What about the egg? He mentioned something very briefly about this egg before I created the egg. What is that? Yeah. And then he uh you know, we end up seeing that. All in good time. Like, okay. Fine. And also, you know, whenever you see, and also when you see the egg, you think back to episode 1. So you're thinking, okay, where is it going to go in this episode? And also you think back to episode 1, just like I think, you know, we talked yesterday, and I think maybe that's on Patreon. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> we did an episode yesterday and the audio was a little hot, so I just decided to make that a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, intentions were good. So that we didn't get more four-star reviews of people going, oh, that audio's hot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, you, you know, you, we talked about butterflies and elephants and stuff like that and kind of the imagery and symbolism. Yeah. And so, you know, of course, right when we see the butterflies there, of course, the wheels start turning and you're thinking about that. So it was kind of funny watching this episode because you're right. You Every time he would kind of drop a hint, you're thinking, when am I going to see that in the episode coming up? So I might see it in five or ten minutes, but you're also revisiting – you know, five or six weeks ago, seven or eight weeks ago. So it's it was, this issue or this episode, excuse me, was so much fun because it was kind of like a greatest hits. Yeah. You know, and it was a greatest hits for just the Watchmen universe as well. Um, and it was fan service, but it didn't feel cheap. Like, I know I've been dying to see Saigon. I've been dying to see Angela as an adult kind of, but before she got to Tulsa. Right. And we got all of that and it was just so fun and so well done. And none of it felt, I mean, a lot of the dialogue could, like you said, could have been like smooth talking, felt really cheap. Like it works um, in the writer's room, you know, it works on paper, the back mm. and forth, but whenever you get it on camera, it doesn't work so well. But this, whether it was just the acting or the pacing or what, everything worked. It was a lot of fun and a uh, great episode. I, yeah, I fully agree. You ready to dive in and like dissect it then? Let's do it. So I always like to start with the title sequence. Yeah. You how, how the titles come in. You're a cover man. And with this one, we have the Watchmen in neon lights, neon lights, like a, a bar sign. Yeah. As this is taking place in a bar, and it starts off yellow before it shifts to a blue color, and then the M light fades out, foreshadowing of Dr. Manhattan's death. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh. I, I, at the beginning, when I watched it, I was like, huh, I wonder why the M goes out. That's a little curious. I right. What, what's that about? Right. But I like that part of the importance of doing this series is it does tie back into the original and is ultimately a death of Superman. It's the the death yeah. of, of Dr. Manhattan story. We we get what happened to his life and where it, it ends. Yeah. 
and I thought it was a good emotional payoff. So absolutely, how that all played out, I, I really liked that sequence. And we, this one's a little bit weird. To how, do you want to go through this linearly, like how things happened, even though it's jumping backward and forward in time? To do, or do that. you want to try and go through their chrono- chronological order of like events? Ooh, let's do that. Do you want to try that? Yeah. I feel like we might miss some stuff, but we can try it. When have we ever not missed some stuff? <laughs> I'm skeptical. I feel like we shouldn't do that because I'm gonna I'm gonna totally whiff here. So you just kind of tease me. I tease you. Yeah, and I'm backtracking. I yeah, no, that, that's it. fine. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, All right, I'm, so I'm just here. We we start on the streets of Vietnam, and we see Doctor Manhattan walking through a parade. They're still having these annual parades, which seem almost like this charade. If there's resentment by a lot of the people about what Dr. Manhattan represents. Mm -hmm. And we even see uh, someone's graffitied a big yellow dick on him in in the mural on the background. Uh And I was just like, uh, we always talk about the big, big blue dick, and there's a big yellow dick. Well, it's funny because I think that was the same mural from last week, right? But now it's just been – Instead some, of some, saying murderer? Some time has passed, and so there's been even more graffiti now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we have the guy who's peeing against the wall. Did you see that? I mean, no. outside the bar. And you saw – like there were the, the empty bottles that were on the kind of the plastic chairs outside. Mm. As somebody who's lived in like a third world country, it's just like that was – they did that really well. That's, a, that's what you see quite often. It's all captured really well. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, so that she – he enters Eddie's bar. And they they get a pass on like, hey, there's a guy walking in blue skin. What the hell? But there's another guy fully painted up in a blue body at the bar. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, not the same body. Yeah, not the same body, but yeah. it's a, another person all in blue. So yeah. he, he can walk the streets today. And this Today's is kind of a day he can walk around. Kind of a funny like tiki kind of bar, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's kind of an Aloha theme or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Anyway, yeah. So when he uh, he sits down and uh, starts chatting with her, there was a part where he grabs the beers off the bar and brings the beer over to her. And I was immediately reminded of what he first reflected on with his relationship with Janie and how important it was to him that she first bought him that cold beer. And she reaches over and gives him a cold beer. And that was like this the start of this this romance, this courtship. And right. he does the same thing here with Angela. He buys her a beer. He hands it to her, and that's his uh, his entry point into uh, trying to get to Bone Town. When you, okay, jeez, uh, Louise, that's the expression. When you saw him pick up the two beers, did you think maybe this was picking up a week or two into after they'd met, and it was gonna they were then going to go back in time a few weeks? Oh, like they're casually like, oh, they'd already met. No, I, I thought this yeah. was gonna be the first thing. Okay, okay, but I also watched the trailer last week as you do yeah and you didn't and as i don't so i was a little bit aware that it was going to be a first meeting at okay the bar. okay yeah a but, bar a bar yeah um yeah so what did you think of uh how he's kind of uh laying his mac down on her it was for me i mean i don't want to get too emotional here but it was it was kind of it was really heartwarming seeing how apathetic he was and cold he was in the comic book mm-hmm. right for better or worse that's just how he is um Actually, to see him kind of smile a little bit. I mean, he smiles later when he's talking to uh, her grandfather, you know. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Maybe it was with Vite. He smiles. I don't know. Something like, you know, th- there was there was interaction there somewhere where somebody said, oh, you've changed or something, right? Right. And even talking to her, though, in the first few minutes when he meets her, he was do- he had some cool, like, witticisms and stuff like that, some flirtation. Mm-hmm. There was some energy there. And you don't really ever see it from him that often in the comic book. So it was nice to see that. And for me, it kind of you, – you know, you're, you're clued in on the fact that, okay, this is a special – this is a special moment. No, he, he definitely comes across as a very – like a, kind of a, a boring 
removed person from humanity in the uh-huh. comic. Yeah. And you're right. There's there's kind of this – He still has the mo- monotone delivery. Oh, his voice sounded so hollow. Whoever yeah. they got to kind of read those lines, it there's this kind of eeriness to it at first. But I felt like once he's kind of – he. Uh, there's this moment where they're talking about um, how he terraformed Europa. Mm-hmm. And he just brought life up, and she's like, oh, and what'd you do the next week or whatever? And she's like, actually, it only took 90 seconds. Exactly. She made a joke about, like, oh, yeah, uh, of course you were able to create life in under two minutes. And he kind of laughs and says, oh, a sex joke. That's funny. Yeah. And it was at that moment where I was like, oh, wait, okay. Yeah. They're bridging that gap. There seems to be a little bit of chemistry here. Totally. I'm I'm buying into this. I'm I'm going along for the ride here. Yeah, and I was going to say that's my cubes moment, but at the same time I think, you know, generally speaking a cubes moment is something that doesn't really add to the story. Mm-hmm. And I think that really does add to the story. Yeah. You know, it was important to show that humanity. Also, let me ask you this. Do you think that they maybe um took part of Cal's and again, I'm sorry, I don't know the actor's name. That's awful. But do you think they took some of Cal's voice? And then manipulated it or blended it with somebody else's voice. Like I know that in Lord of the Rings they did it when he was like Gandalf the Grey and Gandalf the White for a bit. They kind of did this cool thing. Yeah, uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen is um, Cal. Okay. And I'm not sure if they did that. That would be really clever. But I just feel feel like they got some other guy. A totally different dude. Okay. In fact, I was looking on IMDb. I was trying to figure it out. And there is this one character, uh, or this actor, Corey J. Grant, who's lif- listed as Phillips DBL. Double? Phillips Double? Oh, okay. I don't know if it's a, a stunt double that got, like, a top billing on IMDb currently. There we go. Or it could have been he he's just playing the body of oh, okay. of this guy. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, I, I thought, so back to your question, you know, the, the interaction was was lovely, and it was fun to watch. And you're right. There was kind of some buy-in right there. Once mm-hmm. we heard the joke, it was like, okay, I can watch this. This isn't scripted. There's a reason she's going to get with him, and it's not just because he's a superpower, superhero, right? Well, from there, we get the first kind of flashback, and he talks about his childhood. Well, he, he talks about terraforming, I guess, was yeah. the first real flashback. But then he starts talking about how he brought in this manor house, and she's like, well, why would you bring in that house? And now we get the explanation for what this castle is and why it was significant. And that is that it was this house, which was essentially a halfway house for him when um, growing up Jewish in Germany, he and his father were trying to flee the the rise of Nazism. And they ended up in this this manor in England Mm -hmm. before they came over to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And it, I guess, had a really lasting impression on him where he felt safe and comfortable there. Yeah. And I thought that's a it's a beautiful story. And how that also evolved into him meeting the original prototypes for uh, Miss Phillips and Miss Crookshanks as yeah. the, his his Adam and Eve of his new place. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of cool. It was cool, and again, it humanized him, right? It humanized him, and it was this very uh, coming of age kind of story of him, like first seeing them having sex, and this was like like it's something that's that's so human mm-hmm. and had such an impression on him that like now that he's this kind of cold and removed person you see part of his heart still like bleeding into things and that he does have this love of humanity yeah yeah and it wasn't like this like you know it so easily with a a less talented writer could have turned into like a raunchy episode or something like that right and that's kind of a coming of age of a different sort but instead, what he views is something that, yeah, is described as and is like beautiful and joyful and kind of celebrating your partner and the relationship you have with them and this idea of creation, which, as we know, 
creation and maybe kind of making uh, order out of chaos could kind of be two of the things that he values most. And those are the two things that maybe drive him. You know, I mean, he has the watchmaking side and then he also has this creation side. So it's kind of interesting seeing the interplay with those because with creation, you have to have the spark and that spark, you don't really know where it will take you, right? It's just kind of faith and you have trust in it and you like where it's going. Exactly. But then order is kind of this different thing where you're imposing your own will on it. And so it's weird to see him kind of play with those two things that are inherently opposite, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's what he's kind of doing. He walks into the bar and you're right. He makes these jokes with Angela and in a way he's asking her to have some faith and hey, just, you know, it's just dinner. It's just tomorrow night. It's just dinner, right? And huh, I wonder where they went for hmm. dinner. Italian? Sushi? Oh, okay. I don't know. I bet they would have good sushi. What, what would he eat? He's a guy who fishes babies out of the water. Not for food. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Or, or is there an ultimate cut I haven't seen? What What did PDPedia say? <laughs> you know, uh, when she's talking about, oh, you're going to be like Zeus and turn yourself into a like a, a swan or some shit to try and like get laid. I was like... He does fish babies out of the water. There's something weird That's going not on. That's far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. could. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so when they give him a Bible as a gift, uh, as a shut the fuck up about seeing us try and hook up in the mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. Um, they they essentially say this is an exchange, not for his silence. Like That's what I was assuming they were going to say. But – like, at, they want him to go to America and at some point in his life create something beautiful. And I thought that was – it was actually, like, a, a really kind of heartwarming moment of, like, these are people that presumably are the ones who live in that manner. Right. Who've rescued all these people. Right. And are, are like, like Schindler. They're bringing yeah. them and, and trying to help them get to a, a, a escape that mm-hmm. horrible reality that was going on in Germany. And they're also, like, really imparting on them that, like, you have to do something beautiful with your life. and Yeah. And I guess that's something that stuck with him. And in a way, he wanted to create something beautiful, and he attempted it in Europa. Mm-hmm. But do you feel that's what he really felt was something that he created was beautiful? I think it's a relationship with Angela. I think we, again, we come back to... His relationships and even, you know, the penultimate issue of the comic book, what saves everything is his relationship, right? That's Mm. why he comes back. He doesn't stop the three million deaths, right? No. Again, he's apathetic to that or maybe he just kind of has this weird deal and I think it's an interesting thing. We can go on about that, which we won't hear. But, you know, something happens and you just think, why can't you do something about it, right? Yeah. But, um, again, he does have these glimmers and these these shimmers of, uh, of humanity which make all the difference for him. Yeah. Yeah. So we come back. She's she's trying to be like, are you even this real guy? Glow for me. Do something. And he says he doesn't want to do anything to prove to her who he is because he wants to her to agree to it while being unsure. Yeah. That's and I like that. Yeah, he's Clark Kenning it. Yeah. In yeah. a way, that's like I want in a way to still be straightforward with you about who I am. But if you enter into this with that doubt – with putting a little bit of faith that it might be or might not, but you still are just interested in me for me, mm-hmm. that's what's more important to me. Well, when you go into a bar here in Austin, yeah, some of the times I'm lucky enough to go into these bars with you, you don't walk in and tell everybody that you're on the award-winning Beerus podcast. Shut up. <laughs> you, just go, you just go in, sit down like a regular customer, a regular patron, 
And then the free beers come. But sure, you go in there just like a regular guy. This does not happen. So it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. You know how that feels. I yes, it's just like that. You're making me blush. But yeah, no, I mean, that is important. And and you're right that in his last relationship, it was important that someone else brought him the beers, right? Right. And here he's thinking, I want to do that for someone else, which again is a a really human thing for him. Here he's actually putting himself out there. Last time he kind of enjoyed the attention he got in his previous relationship. But here he actually sees somebody who's lonely, who's crying out for a family, as he talks about, right? And he thinks, hey, this is actually – and you're right. When you talked – when you asked me, you know, a few seconds ago about was it Europa or was it the relationship – I think he went and did all this stuff. In 90 seconds, he created a world. He terraformed, right? Yeah. But what's what, what's most important is just to walk into a bar, meet a random woman, and go from there. You know? I mean, that sounds that sounds awful the way I put it. But um, that's like the idea of creation, this real connection. Yeah. So, that's yeah, it's beautiful. 100%. Yeah. So, let's jump over to talking about – he makes a mention. Mm-hmm. He's, he's kind of like time-tripping. Like, throughout mm-hmm. this. He makes a mention of, like, uh, her saying, like, oh, you have such a creative imagination for all the stuff that she's saying because she thinks he's just bullshitting it. And she goes, he goes, six months from now, my friend tells me I have a lack of imagination. And that's happening simultaneously, which is Adrian Veidt. Right. We end up seeing it later. But um, he, he just, like, casually laughs off. Oh, yeah, he tried to kill me once. No biggie. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of funny. That's when he tries to trick him into the intrinsic field generator. Um, Plan B. Yeah. And then we kind of see this sequence where he's talking about, like, you're going to be the one who inspires me to change what I look like. Uh, I'm going to look different because of you. And that's when we get the reveal of how Calvin Jelani ends up becoming Cal. Right. Ends up becoming Dr. Manhattan wearing a Cal skin suit. Yeah. Why didn't she reveal Cal at first? (laughs) Yeah, I was like... Uh, what what's going on with these things? Yeah, we got these receding hairlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. want to go on a date with? Come on, you totally want to go on a date with Yaya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's saying it doesn't matter. Yeah, it matters. It totally matters. He's an Adonis. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that 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 she pulls it back and she's like, "Well, I guess you could try this guy if you want. Whatever, no biggie." Yeah, yeah. And it's your call. He's like, "Fuck yeah, I can. Let's do it." Uh, which is weird because he ends up staying in that form later. Like, he doesn't revert back to his John Osterman. And, right. Like, she's kind of, like, commenting on that. But uh-huh. I thought it was cool that we get to see um, yeah, I like him it. get to I mean, like, I don't, I don't get know. to see Cal as also Dr. I mean, I think Manhattan. maybe there's a reason why they did it. And it's to kind of keep that connection going. And he's still tied to that relationship with Angela, right? And that's, you know. And the, that he's been that guy for 10 years. So he should stay in that form for, sure. for her. Yeah. Um and it makes it all the sweeter whenever he, you know, they do have that ending, that last moment together, right? That he, we saw Cal. But uh, but even also in that moment where she's, like, getting him to become uh, Cal, uh, he, she goes, well, your voice is deeper. And he's like, well, I can fix it back. These, his body has looser cords. She's like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like his I like his those, I like those loose voice. cords. Yeah. So you were talking about the scene where they're back in the bar. And he cues up the song Tunnel of Love mm-hmm. by Doris Day. Mm-hmm. You like that? You thought that was a pretty like slick thing? Well, I just I just meant like it works if it works. If it doesn't, you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, this is your this is your favorite song. And then you're Do like, she unless it pays off. <laughs> yeah. And then and then you're like, oh, I've never heard this. You know, this is not my favorite song. Yeah. Well, it will be. I was just gonna say, all right, buddy. Like, have a good day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. All these pickup artist lines. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, it works and it works with, I mean, obviously they, they chose that song because it works with the little device and everything, right? Yeah. So. There's. And, and, and also, sorry, but like when you're in a tunnel, you can't see your way out of it sometimes. Right. And you just, and you can't see like around you. You can just see the beginning and the end. And that 10 years for them, was that it? was a tunnel. So, I mean, it works a in that way too, right? Love. Yeah. So. Yeah. Really nice. Stop. Now I take a sip Jesus of beer. Jesus Christ! You cue me up <laughs> while you're no, while you're looking me deeply in the no, eyes. No, I was not. Don't, oh, no, it wasn't that. There's something unsettling to me, and this is unsettling also with the book about this idea of uh, predestination, uh-huh. the unavoidability of 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 destiny that he sees, and I think. We had some arguments when we were doing our review of the comic. Not arguments, but Mm -hmm. debate about whether or not Dr. Manhattan was a little bit full of shit about whether or not he saw into the future or if he thought he did Mm -hmm. in a way. But, I mean, this one makes it pretty clear he does. Um, And and there's this idea that, like, you, you, you can shape the future by saying you think things will happen and then, like, kind of manifesting that as you want. But in the comic, he has an argument with Laurie Blake about when, when he brings her to Mars, he's like, we're going to have a fight in this amount of time and you're going to uh, destroy my castle or whatever he says. And You're going to tell me you've been sleeping with, with – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And this that same thing kind of plays out here. It's almost like, you know, note for note, <laughs> beat for beat. But You're going to tell me to leave? It's still – it's still a little bit unsettling to me where I still want him to be wrong. I want him to be surprised that things can happen and there is a little bit of free will that can operate outside of what he foresees. But apparently, all the cards are in place and it, it happens as he knows it's going to happen. Yeah, and that's one of those where if I think too deeply about that and I think too hard about it, I just get lost. Well, like, you know? like when he says, like, we're going to have this fight in six months from now. Yeah. And you're going to leave, and you're going to ask me to leave. Uh, but he knows that, like, after that, it's still going to work out. And she knows it, too. That's just kind of – it It feels like at that point, you know you're just kind of going through the motions of something. Well, I, I don't know about that. I mean, like, he can pinpoint these things more clearly and more accurately, obviously, than the two of us. Mm. But, like, you know – you're going to get a flat tire sometime driving, right? Right. And you're like, okay, whenever I do, I'm just probably be mad about it and I'll be pissed off and I'll be put out, but I'll deal with it and then I'll move on. Right? I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You're like, well, yeah, and then whenever I have whenever it happens, it'll happen. I can logic this out. Yeah, 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 you can th- well, you're like, okay, I can think about it and then there's that emotional thing when it actually happens and mm. so you know it's going to happen. So, and you know in a relationship you're going to get in a fight, right? And that's actually maybe even kind of a healthy and good thing sometimes, you know, whatever. Um so yeah, predestination, It's in a way, it's like the only thing that's predestined here is the fact that he knows stuff so specifically, right? He knows that this is going to last for 10 years. We're going to get a fight in six months, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I like that that is the exact reason that she's like, this This relationship's bullshit. Yeah. I can't do this with you. And so he goes out and seeks a fix. And that's when we get one of my favorite uh, sequences, which is when he goes to Karnak, um, Dr. Dr. Evil, a.k.a. Adrian Veidt's, like, evil secret lair in Antarctica. Yeah, but but just really quickly, I mean, she still she still jumps aboard that ship knowing that it's 10 years. She mm. just knows that he's going to be present 
for a moment, like whether it's sex or anything else or cooking, he's not going to be like having his multiple. He'll like be he's, he's on Mars. He's on this. Yeah, he's going to be present and there in the relationship. So, yeah, yeah, yeah right. So, so it's not so much that like he she, he she hated the fact that he knew everything in the future. It's just he, that he wasn't he was doing that so much that he wasn't there in the present. Right. Right. So anyway, I, I just think that's an interesting thing. She still knows that 10 years is going to have, you know, and, but maybe she also believed that if we have 10 really good years, then maybe then maybe I can change something. Or she thought, fuck, my parents died. Right. I don't know what's nothing's guaranteed even tonight or tomorrow. So if somebody can give me 10 good years, that's pretty damn good. Right. There's I mean, it's funny because a lot of that is an assumption on his part, too. Like, uh-huh. we'll have 10 good years, but he doesn't know what happened between the insertion of the the, the amnesia plant yeah. and when he wakes up. He knows a few details that they are still living in Tulsa, so he knows they're in Tulsa. It seems that they have a love between them. Mm-hmm. He knows that there's a moment where she will go out and fight and, and risk her life to try and save his, which makes him love her. Yeah. But also that they have three kids. Like, he yeah. knows those details. But yeah. he doesn't know if, like, he didn't know about the White Knight, about, yeah. like, almost losing them. Like, the tragedy that ends up bringing those kids into his family. Uh-huh. Like. Yeah, he knows the Wikipedia article, but he doesn't know all the meat inside it, right? <laughs> he knows just a, a few little bullet points, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a leap of faith for both of them, which is what's so nice about it. You know, and he's, like, like this omnipotent god. Yeah. And yet he has to make a leap of faith, and so does she. So, anyway. Yeah. But really interesting. But she had no choice in the matter. She had to say yes. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm all like, uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, we we go to Karnak. We go to uh, Vite's Antarctic Temple, Antarctica Temple, and he's in. Uh, he's cranky. He's watching his screens as like some of them are shutting down. He's still operating off of 1980s technology. Maybe update the space a little bit, mm-hmm. buddy. Mm-hmm. Especially since he's like a multi-billionaire, presumably at this point. Two thousand nine—that's around kind of the flat screen. That's when we changed. Yeah, he could have had a lot of like. Well, but shipping costs to Antarctica. Yeah, my God, there was no Amazon <laughs> Prime back then. Holy hell! Um, so he still seems like he failed. He—he's referencing the argument he had with John about like, was it all worth it in the end? Nothing ever ends, right? And. His whole goal was to that he wanted to save humanity and stop the bombs, and that that would that was the one thing holding them back from becoming peace loving, harmony, kumbaya, hands across the world kind of thing. Yeah, but he knows that there's nuclear meltdowns and they're still doing armaments, and there's nothing that can stop it. And I think this was this is something that we had already been like kind of theorizing about, like why he would be disillusioned with humanity and why he would want to go mm-hmm. try and start his own version of, of humanity in Europa. Mm-hmm. And it kind of ended up true. The details of how it worked out were a little bit off from, like, stuff I was definitely, like, throwing out as far as theories. But ultimately, it was an agreement between him and Dr. Manhattan, and he went there, and then Dr. Manhattan went incognito. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, do not call on his phone, and suddenly uh, Vite is stranded. And interesting, though, I mean, so if he created a utopia out there, mm. right, there's obviously no need for a game warden. So did he introduce the game warden character whenever he threw Vite there because he realized, okay, now actually I do need this kind of governor on the engine? No, I think that I think that in him creating this um, untenable, like, biodome kind of structure mm-hmm. out there, on Europa, he didn't fully terraform the entire moon into yeah, yeah, yeah. a fully functioning living 
moon, I guess. He made it still this bubble, and in order to have that, you need to have constraints on it. And if this is sort of like Adam and Eve and the Garden of Evil, that that uh, game warden is essentially the he's apple. Hunt, he's right? hunting snakes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the apple, like preventing him. Like you take this tree of knowledge, the whole system fails. I'm here mm-hmm. to protect you. Don't take that kind of thing. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it, it seems like he's there to ensure that everything stays within that bubble, that realm. <laughs> and when Vite tries to exit that, he's violating the the game parameters. The constraints, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Right. That's why. Did you say after the credits? No. Oh. Well, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that because I'm afraid of seeing trailers and stuff. Oh, there's a post-credits scene. Really? I'm going to tell you about it in a minute. We're going to talk about okay. it. Okay. When we get to it. Um, yeah, but we also see that Vite is making the, the squid rain. So that, that was cool. That whole, like, conspiracy thing, that's solved. Yeah, and I guess he picked Madagascar for that one. Yeah, he's uh, – Did t- that look was – was that it? Was, it? was that where it I was? I think it was, yeah. It looked like it. He's just kind of picking different places and he's just like, eh, squid rain there. And he uses like old circuit breakers like he's, work, he's working for, you know, Ma Bell back right. in the 1920s. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. I love that he, he makes some comment about Doc Manhattan where he's like, um, you know, this isn't the 80s. It's a little bit problematic, the idea of a white guy – taking on a black guy's body and yeah. i think that's like them addressing like yeah we know we did this <laughs> and that could be kind of taken the wrong way but dark manhattan is a, a he's not a human anymore in a way i mean we argue like he is mm-hmm. but he's also like really distant from it now he's a god and it's weird yeah i don't think this was like a uh God, I'm sorry. This is awful. I'm blank. What was the movie before Us? Um. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, nope. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. Come on. No, I I can check in the chat. Anyway, wait a few seconds. All all I mean to say is this is not this is not that. This isn't like a white Doctor Manhattan thinking. Oh God, I want to have the great speed and agility and strength of a black man. That's why I'm going to choose this body, right? I mean, mean, so so no. So I don't think there's any problem. Get out. Get out. There There we we go. go. Yeah. So I don't think it was anything like that. I mean, it worked with Angela, and it just it worked. That's how it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I thought I thought I didn't think anything about that. But what did you think about him still living down there? Well, that's what that, that was the other funny thing. He's like, "This is in the '80s," and I'm looking yeah. at Vite, and I'm like, "Yeah, your hair slicked uh, back, exactly. your Miami Vice jacket. You're still trapped in the '80s." Even the way he was sitting in the chair, like with his with his uh, with his legs up, you know, lounging back. Oh, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah he just ridiculous. did a line of coke. I'm sure right before. So I guess he did. I guess he didn't uh, make a new uh, mutant links. No, no Damn. new bus- Bubastis. It's lonely down there. Yeah, he needs a pet. He needs a buddy. Ugh. He ends up getting buddies. He does. He gets a little too many buddies. Um, and that's why he doesn't have buddies because he murders them all. Yeah. Yeah. The reveal that it's Vite who is essentially like a Tony Stark who's like, oh, you you need this solution to be able to have amnesia. I already came up with that idea 30 years ago. I've been holding on to this little uh, amnesia bullet. Just pop yeah. down your brain. And, and for me, what's interesting is the whole time I was thinking – I wasn't thinking about <coughs> the science behind the amnesia bullet. I was thinking about – how do they make that little ball float in the ring? I wasn't thinking at all about how it like makes a god forget his memory. Yes! I was like, how do they get that to float? That's the most impressive part of this whole contraption. That whole part, yeah. What is this? What is this technology that's suspending it in there? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I was wow, so fascinated. Are they, are they using these things called magnets? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How did this work? Yeah. Um, I felt that when Dr. Manhattan does peace out uh, Vite over to Europa Utopia, mm-hmm. that he wasn't being sincere. He's like, oh, yeah, this will be really f- fulfilling for you. I think he did something that was purely selfishly motivated, which is a little bit uncharacteristic for him because he seems to, in a way, operate in a pretty honest manner with everyone because he doesn't really care about how other yeah. people feel. Yeah. But it felt it felt like this is something that he genuinely wanted. And maybe something he genuinely wanted and he also thought maybe if he does put – yeah, I don't know. I mean because he can see the future and everything. Well, mm. no, he couldn't see that. He couldn't see that device. So maybe he did not know and he, did, and he wanted those 10 good years and maybe that was a kind of an insurance policy on the 10 good years. Maybe he did see that device. Well, he didn't? Remember he said, oh, I don't know what's in that box. Oh. He's like, oh, because I irradiated it. Huh? You were taking notes. I was probably taking notes, yeah. Hey, uh, really quickly. Really quickly. Yeah. Do you think uh, irons can cry on command like that or are they peppermint oiling, peppermint spraying him? I mean that was like one solid tear. It was awesome. And then he cried last episode as well. Did he cry here? He had – remember whenever he said like, do you want to go to a place like that? And he said yes. He leaned forward and a tear fell. Because that kind of was supposed to convey the fact that he was – he did all this for humanity. And by all this, I mean he murdered three million people (laughs) and no one (laughs) appreciates – Let's not forget. Yeah, and no one appreciates him and no one loves him for it. And also there's still all these problems, right, because nothing ever ends. And so for him, he's thinking I do want an ending. I do want something like that and I want to just enjoy it. But again – if life's easy and there's no struggle, it's because you're not really challenging yourself and there's going to be no reward, right? The journey's the reward. So that's what Vite comes to realize once he starts building trebuchets and launching launching limics. You you think that he, he found it rewarding? Who? Vite. I think he wanted something like that because he thought, I do want to live in a paradise. I've, I've worked so hard to like kind of mold humanity no, into something like this. No, he hates it there. He, he's trapped. What, well, he said he thought it was a utopia, but then he realized it was a prison. So yeah. he's trying to get out. But he, 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 I think he genuinely wanted to go to a place like that that was perfect because he, he just was so a, sick of humans. He just wants a puzzle box. He wants a, a problem to solve. And maybe he gets that so. in figuring out how to escape. I don't think so. And also, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll disagree. I, I think that he actually did want to sit back and not rest on his laurels, but just kind of like be somewhere where people weren't trying to actively destroy themselves for once because he had worked so hard to to change that. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. Him crying in the court scene. Also, I just want to say this. I would look through. A, I don't look through the comments. You know, I'm not on social media. But I did see a commenter say – are they called commenters? Commentators? Somebody oh, man. Commenting? You really don't know online. Yeah, I'm sorry. Somebody uh, – okay. call them whatever you want. OK. Thank you. Somebody said uh, he had a wig on. I, I asked why the judge is wearing a wig. Hmm. He said it's because it's the English court system. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> Would you like to to give your uh, legal I've, credentials? I've watched TV. <laughs> um, You're a legitimate lawyer. But – well, yeah, but not in the UK or Australia but or Canada. I mean the Commonwealth, right? But uh, I just didn't know why in that scene, you know. I would have I would have also loved to have been like um, – well, never mind. I'm not going to say that because it might be offensive. But I was going to say, you know, if I said something like, why were there pigs running out? Why was the pig the jury, right? Well, it, it seems like everything now we understand – is based upon 1930s English people, right. prototypes. And right. they're bringing their culture to this utopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay, re- really quickly though. So my question to you was, now that, I mean, I saw him cry and I uh, in this episode, and I thought that tear was because he's so desperate to just be somewhere where it worked out. Because remember, his question to, to Dr. Manhattan at the end of the comic was, 
does it does it end okay? Like when does it end? Right? Right. Okay. So if he's desperate for that ending, right, where it works out and people aren't trying to kill themselves and everything's hunky dory. Okay. So he gets to that place and then he realizes, oh, this is a prison. There's no challenge here. This sucks. That's why Dr. Manhattan didn't like it. Now I do have my puzzle box. I gotta get I gotta get the hell out of here, right? So when he cries at the courthouse last episode, right? Episode seven, does that kind of reinforce the fact that maybe it was because um, or why do you think it was because he was crying out of joy because he knew he was about to leave? Or do you think he was just so like, God, I've, I've done put so much work into this. You know, these people were supposed to be this was supposed to be my my heaven and it's my hell. And I'm so sad about it. I mean, why do you think he cried in the last episode? When the member the pigs are coming out and everybody's, yeah. everybody's and what, everyone's what, saying what, what, guilty. What were, oh, guilty, guilty. That's right. Yeah. I don't. Or, or could, could have been a melange of those. Yeah, right. I, I, I kind of took from it that he just felt finally exhausted. He yeah. was he was running with this fuel and this this drive to really kind of take over, and and he was going to use these people as his guinea pigs to. To an end. He had an end, which was escape. But now he's been stuck for a year. He finally did his his big uh, move, which was escape the atmosphere, arrange some bodies around, and make a, a, a save me a shout out, save me D. And then uh, and then fart in closing arguments. Yeah, <laughs> but he was stuck for a year yeah. doing this trial thing. Yeah, and and now it's like maybe he feels just kind of like hopeless. This is just yeah. him finally giving up and breaking i think you're right just complete exhaustion yeah emotionally mentally physically he's just done a ton of work and he's around simpletons and yeah he knows that you know they're trying to replicate what is humanity and even then it gets farcical yeah they they can't have a genuine trial they they let the pigs decide and whisper in their ear as if it's punxsutawney after Phil. 364 days yeah it's like oh the pig decided guilty we're gonna say guilty and then we're all going to shout like, oh, we're doing we're doing the good job right here mm-hmm. for you, right, Vite? Mm-hmm. I feel like they were still in a way seeking his approval. And he's just like, fuck, you guys will never be the genuine article because you don't operate with that degree of free will and mm-hmm. with that that sense of self that you need. Yeah. That purpose. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's what he says. It's like, you need yeah. purpose. Right, 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 right. Anyway. So moving on. Um we got the device. He's got the amnesia device. And he goes to Angela like, hey, you're just going to pop this in my head. But he's got he's got errands he needs to run. Uh-huh. And this we're going to jump non-linearly to discuss this because he says he wants to go talk to her father, Will Reeves. And we get this little sequence. Her father? <clears throat> yeah, her grandfather, mm-hmm. rather. Will Reeves. So he goes to New York where... Will Reeves is living in Captain Metropolis's old house, which he bequeathed to him when he died. You can look on Pedipedia. They give the will, last will and testament of him. He gave all of his stuff to him after after not seeing him for like decades and decades. But uh, Will Reeves is now living in uh, Captain Metropolis's house. A lap of luxury. Yeah, just yeah. living the big times. And uh, he, he just kind of goes in there. And it was this like, it's almost like this... Uh, this future son-in-law asking for his daughter's hand in marriage in a way, but it's like future grandson-in-law. Uh-huh. I thought there was a little bit of a charm to it. I did too. And I also thought it was so interesting the way, the way we saw uh, Dr. Manhattan slash Cal sit down across from him. And it, again, it was just so 
machine-like the way Dr. Manhattan would do it. So he's having a tender moment, but he still has that within the confines of his Dr. Manhattan kind of robotic robotic body, you know? Right, right. It, it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he – that whole sequence plays out – oh, man. I guess I shouldn't have jumped the gun. Well, Why? that whole sequence plays out with this really fascinating chicken and the egg scenario at the end. Because he tells, in modern 2019, he tells Angela, I'm talking to your grandfather right now. She's like, oh, you're talking to him right now? And she's not thinking right now, 30 years or 10 years in the past. She's thinking right now, right now. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, then ask him, what the hell? Why did he kill Judd Crawford? What's going on with that? Was it because of the robe, KKK robe? And she basically just gave him the motivation to kill the person that she couldn't understand why he killed. Wait. Also, what? How did she know about Cyclops? Did I just forget something about the last episode when she, she woke up? She knew about Cyclops because she took Will's pills. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So she she okay. tripped through his okay. all his memory. I was thinking when she woke up, did somebody else say something about? But how did she know that he? Oh, that's right. Because then she did have those memories after that. We were kind of wondering how she did have those memories. After we were wondering when the pills were made, etc. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. As far as this being a whodunit, uh huh, and we're constantly asking the question every episode. Yep. Of who killed mm-hmm. Judd Crawford? Mm-hmm. We now have Angela Abar mm-hmm. as potentially another person who killed him, mm-hmm. and I did not expect that at all. But I thought, what a fascinating, paradoxical twist that they did in the narrative to allow her to be the one giving the motivation to her grandfather yeah. to essentially collaborate with <clears throat> with Lady True to kill him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Planted that seed. I, I just like that that was always this question that we had, the, the who done it. And now, <laughs> once again, at the very last episode, I thought, oh, it's a done deal. We know who did it. Yeah. But now we have this extra layer of motivation that she instructed him in a way or led him down that path. And maybe that's how he ended up from New York back to back to Tulsa. Yeah. Right? I mean, well, yeah. We were wondering kind of how he got there. So, and it was probably because of that. <laughs> uh, clever, clever bit of writing though. And I, I do like how the, how he went to the, or he was supposed to be at the theater mm. at that time. Right? And that's where he kind of um, sent the girls. Well, and, and Topher, right? Yeah, but that's the theater in... Back in Tulsa. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just thought it was, you know, the, the, the theater and movies and everything like that have, have have played such a role here. Yeah, and they're back at the theater where the Tulsa riot happened when he was a kid. Precisely. Yeah, yeah. so it's all, in a way, coming full circle. Um, Is time a flat circle? Yes. Ooh, okay. It does seem that way. Uh, so he – we uh, we get this little um, back and forth where she's like, do something special for me when they're mm-hmm. back at the bar. Mm-hmm. Create life. And he creates an egg. And once again, we have this egg mm-hmm. as this symbol of life that's carried through all the episodes. And I wonder if the impetus for eggs being a uh, a thematic uh, motif, I guess, throughout this season was the idea that the egg was first generated here. Like, they read the story where, like, he would create an egg. Or I'm sure they're writing these in order from the first episode on. But I like how that egg makes all the other eggs in the previous episodes a little yeah. bit more profound. Well, sure. But the thing is, too, eggs obviously throughout history and throughout literature and everything like that, right, 
can can play different roles and have different have different meanings. I mean, here I kind of looked at it like a she asked for a magic trick, right? Yeah. He gave her a pretty basic fucking magic trick because he still wants her to fall in love with him just yeah. as a regular dude. The second part of that was an egg here is a sign of potential. It's nothing now, but it literally could grow into something that's that, that, that that's life, right. right? And so he's showing her with the magic trick. Eh, it's like a little bit of flirtation, right? And it's I'm not, you know, I know you it asked me for something. It still could seem human. It still could seem human, and also this could turn into something, just like their relationship, just like that initial conversation at a bar could turn into a beautiful marriage with kids and everything, right? Mm. The egg in the first episode was all about maybe different uh, generations and different people of different colors and everything like that and race relations mixing, right? You know what I mean? Like, and then right. it, So eggs have played different roles, even though they're, they're pretty present. But uh, it's interesting to see how many different ways they go with eggs, right? So Definitely. Yeah. So um, he talks briefly about this idea that is it possible for him to give his power to someone else? And he oh, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could transfer, I guess, my power to an organic matter – and that could be consumed like by someone. And she's like, oh, like this egg? And then he cracks egg, puts in the beer. Or she does, puts it in the beer. But he chugs it back into himself. Um, kind of, in a way, keeping his own power. Although, I don't think he transferred that his power into it. Were you afraid of salmonella? I know you're a germ guy. That's what got Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> it's a silent killer. Yeah. Um, but it does seem very key uh-huh. that he mentioned that there is this element of and a method by which someone else could become the new Dr. Manhattan. And I wonder if this is leading to us having someone else in the final episode take on that ability. Do you think that at some point he transferred his, some of his energy essence into something before his death? Well, how was Topher building that Puzz 3D that was floating? <clears throat> I well, this that, is a different alter. This is like an alternate reality. That, that could be Maybe the, that's a the same toy. weird magnet toy magnet ability that uh, the thing that was floating in his head has, right? Yeah. The amnesia device. Oh, it, right, it could right, be right. like that same technology exists in just kids' toys. Yeah, they can make thing. magnets. They can make magnetic floating. Yeah, magnets. no, I'm not. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that. Obviously, in this show, they do everything for a reason. Yeah. I kind of. I mean, well, I wonder if he. He just went like, I'm going to make some waffles. And he made one magic waffle that's sitting at, at right. the kitchen. Even though she like fucking shattered all those eggs. He's like, I don't need that egg actually. I have an egg I manifested from my hand. And here's a waffle for you. You eat that. You become the next one. So maybe in the last episode she's going to be on her last ropes and see this magic blue waffle. Ew, I shouldn't say blue waffle. That's, oh, good lord! I don't know if you get you know what that is, but that's I one know, of the but... awful things of the internet. Oh, really? Yep. Let's can you wait, wait, wait? Can, take can, that back. Can you give me three, just three words to kind of clue me in, but not clue and not clue me in, but don't discuss me. Clue me in, but don't discuss me with three words. Um, medical horror picture. Okay, there yeah. you go. How's that? Okay, so I'm not searching for that. Don't 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 look for it. Hey, could that could that though be kind of this uh, thing that Lindelof leaves open for maybe a season two? Like, yeah, because you're right. After the death of Superman. There was the whole series, which was like really awful, all about the different Superman and people popping up with different abilities. They didn't know who was the real Superman. Right. I actually don't want that to happen, but he could kind of leave that open as like, okay, season two, who will we identify as the new person? I don't know. That kind of seems too superhero campy for me, but whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, as we move into kind of that that final sequence, we we have the seventh Cav like waiting to gun him down with this giant 
ray gun thing and he's marching into inevitability like yeah. he's he's well aware that he has god abilities even in the present here and now and he could have just like melted everything he he's a guy who crushes uh tanks into a ball with like a snap right yeah so it seems that he wanted this end result in a way or he was he was at peace with it like in a way, is almost suicidal, right? And also, his kill shot is just to explode the head but leave the body. <laughs> He's like the perfect zombie fighter. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, but effective. Remove yeah. the head. He's a great zombie fighter. Um, yeah, no, I mean the march. I, I I don't know. I mean, I think also, you know, it was interesting seeing pain on his face. That was one of the few expressions we saw mm. whenever he whenever the ray gun did zap him. You know. That was pretty wild. But I just want to get back to your point about who could be the person, you know, whenever she's on the ropes or whatever, who's going to save save her and save the day. Come on, dude. Lube man. No. <laughs> Wait, who do you think? It's got to be it's got to be Looking Glass. Looking Glass? Come on. That, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't want That's some, her right hand. I don't want someone with a superpower to save the day. If I would love just our... like a regular dude with a weird complex and like a subscription to EDS, extra dimensional security system, <laughs> to save the day. If if she's our Dan Dryberg, then he has to be our our Rorschach that comes and like helps his partner. Yeah, shakes his hand a little bit. We remember long. at the end. <laughs> yeah, we remember it at the end of episode or issue twelve. Dan Dryberg was Little Spoon. Yeah, and now he's in prison. So the, so so that just means to say like. Grab life by the balls. Don't be the little spoon. Right. Are you the little spoon sometimes? Man. Let's move on. Too much. Too much. I'm not talking about – maybe. Uh, so what else? Oh, he also says he it was really important for him that she sees him on the pool for later. Yeah, I didn't know. He's understand. standing on the pool and he's like, you need to see this for later, yeah. which is important to me in so much as – he seems to have an idea of the future beyond his death. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking he shouldn't be able to have any vision of what happens beyond his death because he's a, he's aware of all timelines in which he exists. He's, he's able to channel all those memories and live in them simultaneously during his lifetime. But if he's no longer alive, how would he know the value of him standing at that pool for her? He can't Jedi? Like that's one. The Jedi can appar- gonna... the Jedi can apparate and like you know still give wisdom. Can you imagine him looking like a a, a glowing blue ghost? <laughs> looks like old Ben and says, "Go." <laughs> he go. looks like himself. He's like, "Go." He's like Angela. Go train with this guy. He's on this far away you know planet and he's nine hundred years old. He's fifty years old. It's Baby Yoda. Yeah. Jeez, Louise, oh, I love that little guy. <laughs> what a cutie pie. No, I, I don't know. And are we gonna see that next episode? Like, what's you know, and I was thinking, okay, maybe she she seemed impressed in the bar that he could walk on water. So I thought maybe that was why. Maybe it was a callback to that. But it seemed more significant than that. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know. Was there something in the preview about that? Um, I don't know. The the pre- preview, I don't know what to expect for next episode. Really? Because it seems okay. like there is still a lot to address. There's the Millennium Clock. There's what's going on with Vite and how he might uh, come back to this world. Where is Looking Glass? What's going on with Lube Man? We have so many questions. Let me ask you this. Do you ever pause, like, right when the episode starts to see, A, to maybe get a snack, get a brownie, get a glass of milk, and then B, to see how (laughs) long the episode's going to be? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we just eat a lot of dessert in my house. Okay. You know? Sure. Um, So uh, do you look to see, like, how long the episode is? No, I don't. I don't usually look for that. 
Oh, really? Um, but I do pause a lot to take notes, which okay. ends up putting me a little bit behind the curve when I'm like, oh, no, I got to hurry back over here to the studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, so, okay, I just mean to say, if let's say you did pause, right? Yeah. And you see that it's uh, – I mean, today was like hour six. Let's say it's like hour, hour one, hour two. Would you be disappointed? Are you looking for like an hour 28, hour 30? For our final episode? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of want it to be long. But hey, if we find out it's long, we need to push it back when we're starting this. Yeah, and w- with week. with The Irishman, remember, long does not necessarily mean good. <laughs> some people like that movie, and they, they'll, uh, they'll try and fight you. Some people like blue waffles. <laughs> don't say it. Don't, don't talk about that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Uh, folks, if you are watching us currently on youtube and you want to ask us some questions i think right now or you want to make some comments about the episode right now would be a good time to go ahead and do it uh because oh, we're running out of material a quick reminder uh, before you uh post what you want us to read right in all caps comment or all caps question mm-hmm. um and i'll be able to see what it is that you want me to look at otherwise th- there's a uh we have 180 people watching right now so Lovely. <laughs> it's a uh, a lot of comments. So, hey, to really quickly, through. I do actually have some serious questions for you just yeah. about the next episode and, and tonight's episode. But I do have a non-serious question that I'll just get to really quickly. Well, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to prompt them, give them a little bit okay. while we talk. Because so we also have the end credits I need to talk to you about. Okay. Too. Okay. So let's say if um, – let's say Dr. Manhattan is gay. Okay. Okay. Is or was, whatever, conditional tense. And he is looking to date somebody who's a lot like him. Like let's say you like you walk in. You see these two dudes. You know, these, this, this couple, and you're like, God, their life's fucking perfect. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're both making six figures. They both probably have somebody that, like, does their own lawn care. They don't have to, like, mow and get allergies and stuff from, like, weed eating. I mean, now you Could see... he steal that dude from... Well, you're, you're, you want to look at him, right? And you're like, you want to look at these two dudes, and you're like, fuck, they have a great life. You know? Mm-hmm. Who is the other superhero that he would be with that would make you think that? <laughs> I will help you here. This is in the... DC or Marvel? <laughs> Who are you thinking? I don't even want to tell you that. Really? I don't want to tell you that, but it's a really easy answer. A lot of the questions I have for you, there's only one right answer. Is it a, a gay couple in a comic book series? Is that what you're telling me? I don't actually know the, the, the dude's sexual... Oh, fuck. Now I just ruined it. I don't even... Okay. I don't know there's a guy's sexual orientation, but it's a guy because I did say gay couple. Okay. Yeah. that's That was the whole So it's a guy. It's a guy. You, I, don't a know guy. If, I don't know if he's gay. <laughs> I don't know if it's a gay superhero. Cap- Captain America. Nah. Although that's a good one too, though. I mean, Chris Evans makes them. I get it. But I, I got – I mean, and they look pretty similar. Okay, that, that's the hint. They look really similar. I mean, like really similar. He looks a lot like Chris – oh. Uh, no, he looks like Dr. Manhattan. Oh, he looks like Dr. Manhattan. Like, like really similar. Like you, another, you could not get more similar. He looks like Cal or Dr. Manhattan? Dr. Manhattan. Blue? <laughs> he looks like a blue guy? The tick? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking no. about. Okay, <laughs> the color's different. Silver Surfer. <laughs> What you know if you know if you walked into a like a coffee shop right you get your cortado your cappuccino you, you see, see that you like, see two dudes sitting there like having coffee and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, like, and they're like reading the New Yorker giggling laughing together and stuff you know and they're having a good old time and you're like they were fucking made for each other <laughs> am I wrong I, that's just so crazy yes uh, no you're not wrong I guess that would they be both a can like wax and shave their head together I don't think they have they're to streamline they can just like will their hair to fall out. They can swim like dolphins. <laughs> no, it's, it's got to be a great relationship. Anyway, that's my that's my non serious question tonight. Um, we now have that he got blasted by this cannon. Yep. And in a way, the the seventh cavalry's mission was to kill him and take his power. 
So what is it about zapping him that will allow them to take his power? And and take, bear in mind that they currently have Lori. And a lot mm-hmm. of people were thinking, myself included potentially, um, <laughs> this is a dumb sentence, um, that... <laughs> Uh, you don't, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to really let us know what you were thinking. <laughs> why are you so? Why are you so guarded? <laughs> um, that she would see Doctor Manhattan before his death because there would be something, something really powerful about her seeing that ex romance that she had there. Um, but now that he's been zapped, do you think they zapped him from one place to another? Was it that they blew him up or that they? snatched him and now they're putting him in a, a prison in their uh warehouse that they have that's the thing i don't i have no idea i would like to see him because they want to still get his power like they don't want to just blast him away from existence they want to like Par- ghostbusters like pull him in and yeah 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 well i mean a little luigi's mansion i mean i i want to see him again because i love the relationship i love this episode so much but i think there would be something fitting about him not being reconstituted, but somehow they have his energy or essence or whatever, right? Yeah. Because I hate it when at the end of the day you have this superhero that just comes in and saves everything, right? Like I'd like to see some more tension. I'd like to see Wade get involved. Also, speaking about people like people getting involved, Angela just goes out there against six or seven, eight, nine, ten trucks with the fucking handgun. She did put like a sweet Lululemon track jacket on or something. Right. Which I don't know why she put that on. Dude, she was a boss. Was it like Kevlar? Like, I don't know. It just seemed like like a again a we have somebody good ath- running athletic wear <laughs> yeah 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 athleisure <laughs> again we have somebody running in with a handgun against awful odds and they just don't care that's mm. like the tenth I think that's one of the reasons I love the show. we have courageous people doing what's right you yeah. know which we need that in these dark times <laughs> in these dark MAGA times <laughs> fair good point no I I thought it was like a, a really good action sequence and I was like man. She's great with the, the headshots. And then Dr. Manhattan shows up. I'm like, he's great with the headshots too. <laughs> yeah, he's even better. Um, yeah, like when the teacher becomes a student, becomes a teacher. So I guess to answer your question, I would love to see Dr. Manhattan. But at the same time, I'm more curious to see people like Wade, to see people like Angela get involved again, right? I want to see Pirate Jenny. In a way, I think that how what a good emotional payoff it was with his death here. Yeah. Like I felt that. For sure. And – I'm kind of okay with that being his death and we don't see him again. But somehow they captured some of his, his body juices. I should pick a different term for that. Yeah. Um, and and they're going to be able to Is use Is this a that sperm to... bank? <laughs> Wasn't there something weird about him making an egg and then eating his own egg he made out of his essence? Something weird about that to me. Well, so I have chickens, as you know. And they need calcium to make eggs, right? So you can do it a few different ways. You can get them calcium supplements, whatever. Or you can just crack up their shells after you eat their eggs, and then you can feed them their own shells. That is like post-pregnancy eating the placenta. It's the same thing. Did your wife do that? No, she did not do that. that no, stop. Um, okay, so there was this this post-credits stinger. Okay. It's like a Marvel movie here. Mm-hmm. And this was um, Vite's storyline. Oh, and we see Vite. He's chained. He's he's strung up by rope in these these shackles while everyone is. I don't remember what the word, word they were using, but they were basically saying shame. Um, or it was like, uh, "Will you stay here with us?" And they're like, "No." And they smash a tomato into his face one by one. All the different clones. They're they're taking turns <gasps> smashing tomatoes in his face. It's great. And then 
um, it jumps to him in prison in a jail cell, uh-huh. and the game warden comes in to chat with him and has brought him his cake with the the six candles on it. Only um, a six, and they yeah, the, I guess he's been there six years or his seven candles. I wasn't really sure. The flames were tight. Um, he the talks flames about flames were tight. There, there was it was a dense cluster of candles. No, I good, was trying to get a good. That's count. a good sentence. The flames were tight. The flames were tight. Uh, he they they're talking about like why this place isn't good enough for you and like what you kind of want and it's just a little back and forth and he talks about how he he just wants to get back to um he says his 8 million kids i want to get back to my 8 million kids i what an I'm, exit what an exit survey <laughs> what an exit survey yes um but it looks i don't know what book he was reading he said i just want to read this one same book the guy's like, I can get you another book. And he's like, no, I just want to read this book. And it looked like it was like 1984 or something. I don't know what book it was. But he says, like, I want to get back to my 8 million kids. And I was like, what does that mean? Are those his little squids? Is it his squids? Or has he somehow been working with Lady True in his DNA going into the cloning of a bunch of people? I don't know. I don't know what it meant. Oh, I don't like that at all. Ew, uh, that's I, I, like, I don't like that at all. How creepy would that be? No, 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 no. Um, hey, but, are we, are we going to see the comedian next episode? I don't. I doubt it. You posited that yesterday on our, on our awful audio. I yeah. did. Um, the uh, he he digs into the cake and he finds a horseshoe in there. They left oh, a horseshoe again, and he gets smokes. super excited. Pulls apart this bench to this this wall of this yeah old medieval stone yeah. uh, jail cell he's in, and he starts just grinding it on the stone. He's like super giddy, excited. Like he's going to Andy Dufresne his way out of this jail cell with a horseshoe, um, and that's where it kind of leaves off. How would he? So that's what you missed out. How, on. But how would he be that's well? But we do know that he can kind of predict the future as well, right? Mm. And from the comic, because remember, he's very insightful. First or second issue or episode, he says it's not time for that. Yeah, when they give him the the horseshoe. So uh, remember, I mean, that was like that, eight, that was eight weeks ago. Yes, in the in the remember he he's he's he, they give him the cake. They're sitting there. They're standing there, and then they give him a horseshoe, and he says, "It's not time for that," and he gets mad. Dude, I don't remember that. But so that's does that because now does that mean that he's predicted? Someone said this, seven candles. Does this so mean I was he's pre- okay? Yeah, you were fucking way off. That's a four, <laughs> that's a four star review. Flip this table. Seven candles, four star review. <laughs> this is some bullshit. <laughs> um, so does that mean that he's predicted this? I I don't know. I guess what would that mean? Like, why why does he have that kind of insight? He's not Doctor Manhattan. Or it could have been something as simple as him or is saying, he eating some Doctor Manhattan sugar cubes. Oh, some nostalgia, some green sugar, some nostalgia. Hey, speaking of that, what's your cubes moment? I don't know. I thought I said said something in particular that like really resonated with me. I think I like their their chemistry, that chemistry moment. Yeah, uh, but see, that's we're talking about the two minutes. Oh yeah, that that the mean, sex joke, and I was like, suddenly there's something clicking in between them. I'm like, I'm feeling this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was just like the the awful tiki bar. It's something that you would see like in Mash or something, you yeah. know. And you know that like the the, the population there, right? The Vietnamese are probably like, God damn, these people come over and they just bring like tiki aloha type stuff with surfboards, you know? Like fuck them. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. I like that. Oh, someone is correcting me as well that he said eight billion, eight billion. So, so that's he's just talking pop- about the population of the planet. Okay. Okay. Tin foil off. I'm taking off my reflectatine or whatever, guys. Obviously, I was being ridiculous God. there. Uh, thank you for the corrections there. And, uh, yeah, we have some comments. We have some questions here. 
I'm going to see if I can sift through and uh, snag a couple of these. Pick the meanest one. Pick the meanest one? No, 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 no. I, can't I saw that. some people that like came into our chat and were just trying to be like shitty. Really? Yeah, they were like, this show sucks. Why do people watch it? I'm like, then get the fuck off the chat. Don't be... I can't believe a person would be a troll on YouTube. Wow. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Yeah. I, I need to deputize more people to be, like, moderators on hey, here. Hey, but look, but I do want to ask you this about the show. Like, after this one ended, I really thought to myself, you know, there's certain albums, right? Yeah. Musical albums. There's certain vinyls where every episode – or episode, sorry. Every song is this little gym, right? It's like a little three-and-a-half-minute pop, and they're all – they all have the same thread running through them, so it's one album, right? But they're all just so fun to enjoy on their own. Yeah. Um, this show is really like that for me. And very few shows are like that. I mean, even if we look at Lindelof's – well, actually, Leftovers was like that for me. Lost wasn't because it was more of this, like, serialized thing, yeah. right? But Leftovers was like that where you could really think of one episode. You can kind of enjoy that apart from the show on its own. And, and that doesn't even but mean – But in that... a serialized show. Like there's episodic shows. You can think of Seinfeld and like pick out an episode or an episode, right? Exactly. But, but it doesn't but, but work nothing's in the developing. Same... Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was – this, but it's just even the different styles and different uh, – you know, I mean I don't, I don't know what you know regarding like showrunners and stuff like that. But the different writers and everything just all bring their own their own element to it. And it's just been so fun to watch. Yeah. You know? You, you definitely get a sense of character in each episode. Like, like and this – And that's got to be – the different writers kind of bringing their energy to it. Yeah, like this episode after, you know, like after episode, what was the throwback one, the black and white episode? Was that six? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's like a, a, this artistic tour de force, right? Mm-hmm. This episode, by contrast, is 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 not something that's going to go down in like in a canon of great TV, right? But I'll rewatch this episode like multiple times just because it was so enjoyable to see the characters interacting and it was just a lot of fun. It's a good love story. I mean, yeah. people like a little rom-com. This was a, a rom-com with a tragic ending. So it's more like Meet Joe Black or something. But, it, you know, you get a good Again, that's it. another three hours. God, Meet Joe Black. <laughs> if Meet Joe Black somehow had a baby with the Irishman. There's this video clip. You get a Ken Burns documentary that's not good. There's this video clip of, um, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil Meet Joe Black. But the dude gets hit by a car and dies. I think it's right in the very beginning. Yeah, it is. That's um, the point. And someone took a video clip of him. He gets hit by one car, flips over, and then hits another car, hits him. Yeah. And someone took that and looped it. So it's just him going boing, 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 boing. Was this like on the Reddit, the like get, gets better every loop or whatever? Uh, I think it was off that site, uh, You're the Man Now, Dog. Oh, okay, uh, I don't even know that. Y-T-M and I don't know that. What's the most disgusting part of that movie? I never. I don't even. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Who Who was the female character? Uh, female, sorry. Excuse me. The protagonist, Meg uh, Ryan. Uh, no. What? Claire. Florani, Fior, Florani. There's a show. If that's not right, then I'm I'm mixing the movies. There's a show where I think Meg Ryan is with this extraterrestrial or something or or angel or whatever. In the first time they have sex, she says, that's "Look, it's two City pu- of Angels with <laughs> Nicolas Cage." <laughs> and she says, "It's two, it's like two puzzle pieces." I've uh, never wanted to vomit more. <laughs> so you're saying this episode is better than City of Angels with Nicolas Cage? And Meg Ryan. God damn. I forgot the movie, but that scene stuck with me. I, uh, I need one of those amnesia devices from Vite. Here's our first question. Yeah. Um, are we still thinking that True is Vite's daughter? And, yeah, this is uh, the idea that it's possible that Adrian Vite had a secret adopted daughter. Maybe it's not, you know, biological daughter, but that True might have been someone he kind of – took on at a young age and adopted in a sense and then but did it all secretly because the comedian and, comedian's the real dad <laughs> you think it's a comedian 
It could be. It well, could that be. would be that would be a sweet play for people who who like enjoy the comics. Right? Yeah, but yeah. when she says like I'm bringing my dad back, I was thinking like the link is between her and Adrian Vite. I was initially thinking no. comedian, but I I think you're they right. Don't have to bring in all the characters. I think you're absolutely right about Vite. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just feels a little bit more. Um, it's tighter. It's a tighter yeah, story. It, it can work a little bit more organically with the character set that we have. I think it'll be too out of left field if they introduce comedian in the for very sure. last episode. For sure. But they could. No, they can do out of left field. I'll it's going to be it. bite. It's really important that her family's there. We've never. We haven't even seen the comedian. And th- that's yeah. the theory that he spelled out. Save me, D. And D stands for daughter, or maybe he wrote out daughter because he had hella time to just be, I guess, writing messages on the moon with dead bodies. Can you imagine how long it would take to spell out daughter? Is there a shorter word you could have said I think there? he said, like, save me, doggone it. <laughs> save, doggone it. Save me, darn it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, question. Um, so someone said, everything I wrote above. Oh, no. I'm not going to do all that. I'm sorry, man. Um, well, hey, that would be interesting, too, because she went and bought that property. And the way she purchased it was to say – I mean, she also gave him, like, $10 million. But she said, I'll give you a family, right? And she bought that land so that she could then reconnect with her family. Oh, yeah, Which yeah. is right. Um, this next question comes from Buckles Klein who says, hey, uh, what time – or no, this is the Laughing Man who says, uh, what time is Home Slice open? Home Slice is right next door to us. I think it closes at 11. So uh, we just missed it. Checking my imaginary watch there. Bumskis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, Buckles Klein says, do you think Lube Man will be significant and how? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Who, who's this? Who's Buckles the Clown. Okay, Buckles. I mean – He's very significant just from what he's already done. I'm hoping for a spinoff. I guess I'd say Outlook not so good. <laughs> um, I, I I could be fine either way. I'm I'm happy with him just being an anomaly. Me too. I think it's this cute, bizarre moment. Me too. But if he does come to the rescue or attempts a rescue because he's actually secretly Petey, that would be hilarious too. I mean, I would fucking love it if somehow he slides under the door frame, right? Just <laughs> does his... halfway cut. No, no, no. He slides under the way and he like pops up to save the day and then they just fucking blast him. <laughs> he just gets murdered. Uh, there's no episode eight or episode nine Petey-pedia update for some reason. That's weird. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next question comes from Jimmy Favors, who says, will Angela get Manhattan powers? And once again, Blue Waffle. Go ahead and just Google search Blue Waffle. Do an image search. I think you, you'll see the answer that he imbued a waffle with blue powers. Okay, okay, stop. <laughs> You're having too much fun with that, and i got to bring you back. It's uh, so gross. Don't do it, guys. For real, though. Real answer, I want to say I hope not. I guess – She's a known quantity, and I think it would be fun for them to have kind of this – I don't know. Maybe give it to one of his kids. You know? I don't know. You think Topher? Topher should be the next chosen one? He he, he left some the food pro- down the there, prob- and, and Topher just is hungry and got the munchies? God, okay. The problem is I don't like Topher. What's wrong with Topher? Eh, you just haven't seen much of Topher. Not enough. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Edgar Ang- Angulo says, why did Mr. Manhattan – that's Dr. Manhattan, sir – um, need her to see him on the water, right? No, exactly. I think it must tie into something about that globe that True has on the water um, down mm-hmm. in her basement mm-hmm. that we saw last episode. That's like on the water. It's a blue glowing thing. Like the Cerebro. I think there must be some sort of link about like if she thinks about that, that might be the key to maybe destroying the Millennium Clock and saving the day or something like that. Throwing an idea out there, she's, no. he's like, she did say I need. He did say I need to see 
blue light on water, blue light on water, blue globe on the water. That's where I need to go. Otherwise, everything is is ending around our world. Uh, I think that's a pretty good theory I just came up with. That's good. I like it. <laughs> Don't be like that. Um, Gerald Boney says, what will Panda do once he gets Manhattan's power in his next episode? <laughs> exactly. I wanted to go to Panda. Panda? I wanted to go to Panda, and then I want to have a spinoff called Panda and the Cactus. And it's just Panda and that damn cactus driving around the cop car just fucking shit up. Just having roadies to go. I would love it. Luke Varner says, the walking on water reference will tie into how they take down Senator Keene. He'll be boasting his godlike powers and then get himself taken out in an embarrassing comic book monologue. Nice. All right. Hey, real quick, real quick, real quick. <laughs> you know, we usually do like the next to die. Or we've done that kind of off and on throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing. Every single week we've said that Pirate Ginny is next to die. So the real question is, and I think people should like take bets, right? Maybe Who's dollar, going to die first this in should this be like, This should be like a charity bet. Right, and you can't well, no, say no, no. a generic no, no. seventh cap. No, 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 I'm not doing that. I'm saying, will Pirate Ginny be alive at the end of the show? A dollar bet to your favorite charity. If think, you lose, you got it. Well, I don't know how that works, but if you lose, you got to donate. Either way, you should donate to charity. But I think ye- no, she won't. I think Senator Keene will die, though. I think Keene will die. I think his odds are. There's got to be some Vegas betting on. This, I think right? he's going to lose a hand. It's going to be Empire Strikes Back. He's going to lose a hand, and then season two is going to have a mechanical hand. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, Keene's going to die. Pirate Ginny will survive. Uh, Shell Eye says, uh, Topher is different. They have to show us how and why. What is going on with Topher? Yeah, I don't like him. If Topher's building that same castle, hive minding. I don't like that haircut. I'm an Eisenhower man. High, <laughs> you high know what? It's, um, it's funny. I was thinking about like when I was a kid, uh, growing up as a military family, I was always like, oh, you have to have a high and tight. A, a man has a high and tight. And so I never watched any Kurt Russell movies in the 80s. Oof. And I missed out because I was like, I can't watch Kurt Russell. His hair's too long. And you were living in San Francisco, and too. And I missed out on Kurt Russell you were living movies. In, you were living in the – They were the most amazing movies. My God. <laughs> Dad. What the hell? Dad. Dad. Checker Phil says, um, what fell to earth when she bought that property? Vite. Vite. That's what we're thinking. If it's not Vite, I'll eat my shit. Like, wh- what else uh, What else has been alluded to as even potential from falling from space? I think it's got to be Vite. And he's a gold statue. Somehow, no. she alchemied him into gold. He's sitting there, no. and she needs that Millennium Cock to a- activate to melt him into human formation. No. Okay, that was Take off your reflecting. <laughs> no more reflecting. It's that gone. is god-awful. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but let's see. Maybe I'll grab uh, one more comment here or there. Uh, um... Will we see the elephant next episode? Uh, the Laughing Man says, I saw a very important question on Reddit. Should Dr. Manhattan... <laughs> I'm not going to read that question. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Checker Phil says, the bar was called Eddie's Bar, a.k.a. The Comedian. Yeah. Oh, it was. But it was E-D-D-Y, so I didn't put that together. That's right. Eddie, uh, the, Eddie Blake, The Comedian. Interesting. So... Ugh. <laughs> would they name a bar after that guy? No, I'm sorry. Hey, but... Also, interesting though, those pores. That could have been like a little, like a hint oh. foreshadowing. But, but really quickly, what was up with those pores? Uh, what, like, what? were they pouring from bottles or draft? Because they left like a good four inches. They weren't four inches. It. Yeah. Yeah, hey, come on, fill it up, guys. Good lord. <sighs> they're, they're being stingy on their beer there. Yeah. I don't know. Um, oh, and then Floor says he's reading Fog Dancing. Says, hence my earlier question, which I'd have to scroll back to. I'm so sorry. Um, 
if we do this ne- next week, no. uh, I would just say, like, make sure you guys kind of roll everything into the same one. Um, but then but if, you, if you make it too hard on them, they're not going to do it. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up, I think, there. We want to say thank you guys so much. 225 people watching right now. Wow. That's lovely. Uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. Hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed this. And we are going to be doing more discussion throughout the week. We're going to do a couple other episodes doing more deep dives into this. So if you guys haven't already, please go subscribe to us over on our uh, our podcast. Subscribe to this YouTube channel too. We're going to be uh, posting probably more videos throughout the week. I've got an article coming out. You've got an article coming out talking about uh, penultimate uh, comparisons between Lindelof projects, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to all of that. And uh, listeners, yeah, if you guys want to help support us, once again, you can go to patreon.com slash Watchmen. We appreciate all the support there. And uh, Clay, you want to wrap us up? I will do that because I know you have to go uh, do the video. So now I just have to do this at the end of every uh, every week, and it's awful because I don't really know how to end it. Hey, uh, I've enjoyed this. We've had a lot of fun, and we will see you next week. Hey, if it does run long, then we will be late, but we'll be here. So don't worry, and have a good night. 